Is that camera work? You're listening to the Simple Table Podcast, where we dive into complex, real, and relevant topics. Welcome to the Simple Table Podcast. I'm Braden Walker. I'm Kyle Felke. And I'm Nicole Beal. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about individualism versus collectivism. Uh, it's a subject that we have just been kind of discussing a little bit as a church. Uh, the reason for it is the idea of what is the relationship between us having a clear identity versus being a part of something corporate. It doesn't necessarily have to be a versus something else, but I think so often we try to conform people to a group identity and uh, in doing so you can lose the individual identity. And so there's, there's positives and negatives about both. And I think that having this discussion and even being able to bring a light to what is individualism versus collectivism, what, what is that difference and uh, how does that play out? What are the healthy aspects of it and what are the dysfunctions of it? So a couple of weeks ago, I had asked Nicole to take a look at and uh, begin to explore that. And so um, she shared a message three weeks ago. And so we just wanted to cover the topic again. So Nicole, kind of tell us what have you discovered about the difference between individualism versus collectivism? I've realized more and more that we are probably influenced by our culture and the way we see ourselves, see God, and see each other more than more than I would have thought as I've dove into it. And so if we want to understand how to have a healthy identity and how to really do community well, but we have these filters we don't realize are there, um, we might not ever really get to kingdom community without really assessing some of those things that could keep us from from understanding what it looks like. So that first week I wanted to contrast collectivism and individualism as these two extremes because too often in our I just feel like as humans we lean towards one thing or the other. Like we do not know how to hold things in tension very well. Yeah. Like I even just saw somebody post the other day about how we could eat super healthy food, but then put Botox in our face or we recycle, but we drive SUVs or, and people have issues with some of those things not matching up or lining up, but we're, we're just, we don't hold tension well in all kinds of stuff in life. And so this idea of knowing how to be a really healthy, solid, secure individual with an identity that you know how to stand in and walk in while at the same time being in a really healthy community and in with a group of people and it being this thriving thing I think we often lean towards one thing or the other and so what I wanted to talk about this coming Sunday is this idea that within unity we are able to be more who we're called to be but when we're in when we're in a group of people. And so it's um, this one uh, person that I was reading, he talks about unity differentiates. And John Crowder talks about unity, dis- uh, how did he say it, distinguishes? Mm-hmm. Distinctions, like distinctions within unity. Right. And this idea that they are meant to actually 
go together that when you're within relationship it doesn't it doesn't um negate who you are as an individual you don't get lost in healthy relationship or healthy unity um but to get there i first briefed so i I don't know if i would help just giving like the definitions of the two um Often in Eastern cultures, collectivism is where the needs of the group take precedence over each individual in it. And so you have to do whatever it takes to keep the whole um, functioning as best as possible. And so people can easily become dispensable and not as important if they don't lend to the greater vision of the group. And so it kind of lowers the value of people to an extreme where people can become dehumanized. When you think about, like, even Nazi Germany, where they had an ideal, and this is how we want things to function, so the people who aren't helping us with that, they need to go. Right. Um, And then with individualism, it's where you put the interests of the individual above those of the group. And so what I want, what I need is more important, and we, we can just leave people behind, and everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's out to do what they have to do to be successful, to feel good, to to fight for their own rights. Like it's this idea of rights and um, that's very much our culture. It's consumer. It's a consumer culture. And so when we have those mindsets and we approach the church with one or the other, I think we're lowering what the church was meant to be. Like if you think this If you come at the church with a collectivist mindset, we will totally miss the value different people have to bring because everyone will try and fit into this certain shape or form or to make it look like something. And we might miss unique things that people bring because it doesn't quite fit. But if you approach it as an individualist, you approach the church that way, you're coming looking for how is this going to serve me and what can I get out of it and how am I going to be used and what's going to benefit me as opposed to how can what I bring and who I am benefit the whole group. Right. Yeah. There's a swing just like most things you can swing too far to one side. There's still that importance of having a group mindset, but not to the extinguishing of the individual and the same thing with, you gotta you gotta value the person, but you don't sacrifice the whole just for you know the the focus on that one individual kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we tend to swing really far one way or the other, mm-hmm. and um, I think we probably swing there because that's our places of comfort, right. I think so too. Well, and I think both of these two ideas have have like kingdom principles within them, which is which is also can be kind of confusing. Like when you're looking at the collective and community, this idea of working together and being connected and um like we've preached before and shared at church where you need other people and we were created for relationship and um, that kind of thing, it's, that is, that is all true. And at the same time, when it comes to individuals, like 
knowing who you are, having a voice and having things that that God has put inside of you and like empowering people and their gifts, like all of those things are really valid. It's just not healthy when when we don't know how to hold them at the same time and one overrides the other, but I just feel like that's way too common is that it's it's easy to fall. Like it's a fine line. Like most things, I feel like health is I don't know how to define health, but I feel like health is knowing how to hold the balance of things. Like being a healthy person means you can walk a tightrope really well. Because yep. almost everything in life can fall to one side or another. Right. And can go way, way too extreme. It's super unhealthy. But um, what I wanted to kind of point out this coming week was how how we have an example of that in Jesus, but also within the Trinity. And this idea that unity doesn't look like, like John Crowder was saying, unity doesn't look like sameness. Unity doesn't look like people just become a blob that blends in and looks like everybody else, but distinction doesn't look like separateness either. Right. And individual identity doesn't look like I have to be apart from everybody else and it's not, you're all on your own. And so I don't even know how to paint a picture of that besides I thought even of like snow, like it's snowing outside and how you look at snow and you just see, you know, white, it's all white. It's this one collective group of snow on the ground but when you get in there close each individual snowflake is different and it's if you look close enough they're all distinguishable and they're all uniquely created and that blows my mind too like how can each snowflake be different right i mean there's so many of them but humans are that way too i mean i'm blown away by the fact that our fingerprints are all different like how can there be that many patterns of fingerprints in the world that they don't you know that there's not accidentally a fingerprint twin somewhere yeah like but that's i just think even that speaks to the fact that god loves uniqueness while at the same time unity and the ability to to do things within within community right well i mean you you look at the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's, um, I think it was, I was listening to a teaching of C. Baxter Kruger, and he was talking about the Trinity and uh, the relationship between them is one of the words he said really stuck out to me and is continued to stick out to me is other-centered, mm. is that they're not, they're not self-centered. There are three distinct individuals but they're one god and it's not all about the father it's not all about the son it's not all about the holy spirit but it's they are other centered and fully in love with each other and um the idea of us being in the middle of that is is what for me is life changing and perspective changing but I think even with with the church and in, in how our history has been in the last, I don't know, 20, at least 20 years, uh, probably further back than that, is that the Holy Spirit has actually been left out for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that God speaks and, you know, just all these things that like the church fathers knew and understood got lost within mainstream Christianity. 
And um, to, to think of the idea of the importance, like we, we've completely, at least in the West, we've completely taken the importance of individualism, but not when it comes to the Trinity, because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily look at the individuals of the Trinity That's other than Jesus. Like we, we completely leave the Holy Spirit out and we think of it at least, I don't know, maybe not in, in Christianity. I think in Christianity, we tend to look more towards Jesus mm-hmm. and we don't know what to really think about the father because a lot of Christianity in the West believes that he's angry and Jesus is the one that opened the door uh, for us to come in. And, but you know, it's almost like he's hiding us from the father because he's going to destroy us, which is ridiculous. Um, especially when you look at Jesus saying that he's the perfect representation of the father. If you've seen me, you've seen the father, how we got to angry, angry father must smite, must smite just looking for an instant to lay the smack down on us mm-hmm. is beyond me. But um, not that I haven't been there before, um, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because anything that makes us feel uncomfortable, we tend to dismiss. And so the Holy spirit is very uncomfortable because if, if you're not dealing with, if you're not in relationship with him from day to day and like miracles start happening and different things start happening, it's very uncomfortable because you haven't experienced it yet. So we dismiss it, which I think is a far reaching part of individualism is that we're, we're so tuned in to our own self and our own comfort that anything outside of that, we want to just dismiss and say, that's not important. I'm what's important. And my relationship with Jesus is what's important. And I'm accepted now. And it's my personal salvation and my, 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 my. And so we don't leave room for the rest of the Godhead to actually be the Godhead. Um, and so coming back to the question of what is it can, if we're sitting in these places and we're not willing to, to start asking questions, we don't even know what kingdom culture really is. So to think of the idea of what do we need to get to, to get to uh, living in kingdom culture, if we're so far on one side or the other, it sounds like a great thing and it sounds like something we should be striving for. And then we start striving for something that we have no idea what it is. Um, so I think it's, it's really, um, it's almost that chicken or the egg, you know, which came first, uh, to where do you figure out where you're at or how to get to that middle ground first? Because I think that's where the kingdom is because it does take both there there are good things to both sides and finding that balance i think you're exactly right when you're saying what is a what does health look like and it's finding that balance in between to where you're not you're not going so far on on one side or the other but if you are you're at least willing to recognize it yeah 
to be able to question it and go, okay, boy, I really took that. Why, why do I continue to go down this road of making selfish choices and I don't want to, but what's going to, what's going to stop that? Yeah. I think questions are just so healthy. I mean, there are times maybe some aren't, but I feel like being willing and open to asking stuff with an open mind is just a great place to be usually instead of always stuck in a mindset. But so even you were talking about the Trinity. I was thinking the other day, um, I came home and John had put on a Bible show for Marianne TV and she's four and she's new to even just our culture. She's new to the church, um, adopted at just turning four. And so I was asking her about what she was watching and she's like, that's my God. And I was like, yeah, that is God. I was like, but that's, I felt like I wanted to explain to her because it was Jesus. It was like, you know, Jesus and the disciples doing something. I was like, that's Jesus. She's like, no, that's God. I'm like, well, yes, yes, that is God, but that's, that's Jesus. And I was like, God is Jesus daddy. And she's like, oh, Okay, but I'm like, but but that is also God. I'm like, how do I explain this to you? Yeah. Like, he is God, and they're the same, but they're also different. And I found myself being like, huh, at what point? Like, I don't remember when I first could recognize what the Trinity meant. Like, I don't remember learning that, or how did my mind begin to wrap around that. But I do remember, just like two years ago, reading The Shack and then watching the movie, and for not the first time, but that was a really big moment for me of, I felt like I got a deeper understanding of what the Trinity was meant to look like because Mm. he did such a great job of portraying these three different distinct characters. But what I remember loving is that whenever um, Mac, I think was the main guy talking with Jesus, Holy Spirit and, and Papa God, Father God, anytime he would have a conversation with one and then he would be with the other, they had already, had already knew and they would just like pick it right up. It was like, well, if you've spoken with them, you've spoken with me. It's like that. It was like this. Yeah. I don't know, not teleport, whatever. But like they knew, they knew everything within. I'm like, it was just this cool picture of they're all on the same page. They're all having the same approach of love. They're all, um, they are, they are on the same page, but they're also still each different in how he experienced them and it just was like wow i want to i remember watching that and being so much like i want to be in the center of that i want to be sitting at the table with three of them i want to like wait like i i can like i am nothing keeps me from interacting or being with them like i just need to sit and be with them right and they're like it's you are surrounded by this one love this one unified love within three different beings and so that picture i think is the picture of what it means to to have identity and community and so for us as humans healthy identity is i think confidence in who god created you to be um taking the time to ask the questions and find out what you were created for, what gifts you have, what excites you, what makes you unique and celebrating uniqueness. Right. But for the sake of 
what is this for in life? It's not for me. Like our gifts aren't for us. Our uniqueness isn't for us. It's for other people. It's to serve others. It's to bring glory to God. It's for, I feel like it's almost for everything outside of myself. Like the things that make me, me aren't for me. And so recognizing that, taking time and celebrating it, but then being able to be like, okay, how can I use this? What is this meant for? And that's where community comes in because we're able to call stuff out in other people, serve other people, love people really well. And there's things that I need from others. And that's where I think it doesn't line up with the Trinity because do they, I don't know, do they need each other? I think it's a difference between what, and, and I, I had this question, I'm, I'm trying to remember back um, what the conversation was with God. But I think at, at one point I asked him, do you actually need anything? And and we we like to think of him as he doesn't need anything. He wants to be with us. And and I used to come from the the stamp of that same thing of like I don't need my wife, I want my wife. And he kind of pulled that apart and said No, that's not healthy either. Hmm. Because if you don't need somebody, it it you're you're getting to that point of it's all about you. I want her. But if I stop wanting her, it's still about me. But if I need her in my life, you can't as easily dismiss another person. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know that I, I completely understand how that relationship of God and us in, in like just saying he wants us. It's very much like he doesn't, I think we're comfortable saying God doesn't need us. He wants us. And from the standpoint of going, um, he could just easily destroy us all and, but, but he doesn't do that because he wants us. But then you have that question of, is there ever a point that he doesn't want us? And if that's the case, then we're all screwed. Right. But at the same time, when you create something that you have pride in, I, I feel like you put your, there's something of you that goes into this thing and you don't, you don't just want it you you need this this is an expression of you this is so as much as i may be called a heretic um i'm i'm at that place of i i kind of hold this loosely of going i think god needs us because he's given that part of himself over to almost like being weak. We we look at needing someone as being weak. I say we look at need as a weakness. Yeah. But is it really? I mean, if we're created in his image, he created us with need. The need for air, the need for water, the need for food, the need for shelter, even psychologically, the need for others. Mm-hmm. Why did he create us with need if it was weakness or if it wasn't a reflection of him? Yeah, exactly. And if it if we were created with need and we're created in his image, how much of that of 
who we were created to be is in, in that idea of need, uh, is part of him. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things that we, we like to think of God as he doesn't need anything. And it's not for the sake, it's not for, for the lack of something. Right. We look, we associate lack and need together. Yes. It's got a very negative connotation. Yeah. Like I have no money. I have a need for money. I'm, I'm focusing in on the lack, but if, you know, if we start looking at it differently as they don't always associate with each other, I think that's what we're, we can easily see when you see the poor, you see, um, people who are in need, you, you see people who are homeless and, and, or don't have enough food. There's, there's need. And we constantly associate need with lack. But when you look at him, he lacks nothing. I'm, I'm very confident in saying he lacks nothing, but it doesn't mean he doesn't need. Well, like if you associate need with abundance instead. Yeah. Like if I have so much, I need to give this, I need to do something with it. I need to target this at someone. Yeah. And I, I've heard, I, I may have been Kyle that at one point was like, God need, he has so much love and so much like what he needs is to target it mm-hmm. at someone and we're the targets. Like. If need was more about abundance as yeah. opposed to lack. That's a good way to, to put it. Um, going back to part of what you were saying before, that our gifting is is for others. I think even that, and you, you can't push it all off into the collectivism That's part of it. That's true. Because it is partly for you. And it, it comes out of that, like what you were just saying, it comes out of that abundance, needing to, needing to, to use it, needing to, it's good for me to need to use it. Like it's, it actually benefits and serves me Yeah. to, yeah. Because then you're, you're not, you're not pouring that out because there's lack. Mm -hmm. You're pouring it out of your abundance and that starts to develop this this is who I was created to be. And this is me naturally being myself is I've been created out of abundance. And out of that, I pour out the giftings that he's given me and it's not pouring out to emptiness. It's, it's, you have this eternal abundance that just keeps flowing. And that's, that's the revealing, I think of the sons of God and, Mm -hmm. um, a good definition of it at least. Mm -hmm.